Welcome to Antelope Road Christian Fellowship. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For service times or to join a disciple group, please visit myarcf.com. If you have a copy of God's Word, digital or otherwise, and you are, know your way around, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 4, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, if you've got the hardback black one we just handed out, that's page 908. Page 908, everybody else, that's Acts chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 23 in just a moment. All right. Who here would be excited if the head of your family said, Kids, we're going to Disneyland? Anybody excited yet? Okay, sorry, it didn't work. In a situation where you didn't have to pay for it and COVID was not a thing, there was no COVID and you don't have to pay for it, and the head of household says, kids, we're going to Disneyland, who'd be excited? Okay, all right. And you didn't just start a New Year's resolution to not eat sugar. And then they said, right? If the conditions were right. Now, here's the deal about um, a desired alternative future. Maybe right now you're stuck at home. Maybe right now, okay, Christmas was fun, but the kids have, have played with the box more than they've played with the toy that we bought for them, whatever. And maybe you even got a stimulus check and you say, hey, we want to go to Disneyland. What about the kid that's never been? Is, is there a different experience if you've got an eight-year-old, whether it's your grandson, your niece, your child, an eight-year-old that's never been to Disneyland, is that a different experience trying to sell them on it? than the older kids who have been before and they have the memory? Is that a different experience? Totally different, right? So, so if I'm an eight-year-old child and I've got older siblings who've been and dad says, let's go to Disneyland, I'm feeding immediately off the reaction of my older siblings. If they're really excited, I'm gonna assume this must be good news, right? If the older siblings go, oh, man, right? Then I'm going to, take cues from them and go, well, this must not be very fun at all, okay? But what if, what if, are you ready for it? This is where I'm going to mess up my analogy. What if Pastor Greg was trying to get all of the families in ARCF to go to Disneyland together? What would help us get there? If I gave you enough lead time if I say we're going next week, huge problems, right? But if I say a year from now, hey, let's all go together just for one day. If we set up, hey, those of you who have more money, can you chip in extra for those of us that are not going to be able to afford it, right? Anybody that doesn't have a grandma in town who can watch kids that are too little, can we borrow some grandmas for the day? Like, we could make considerations if we had enough time and if we prepared and if we planned and if we were really committed, Otherwise, let's be honest, who's even heard of trying to get 100 people to Disneyland to get? That sounds kind of crazy, right? But here's the problem. What if I told you that your spiritual leaders have no choice in the matter? That there's an, a desired alternative future that has been handed to us by God, and we have to lead you there, no matter how difficult what if I told you that's our job? 
as elders and staff to lead you to a desired alternative future. And it may be unbelievably complex, it may be difficult, it may be costly, but it will be worth it. A year and a half ago, as a church family, we thought about, prayed about, and gave a hearty amen to four core values and five vision statements. And specifically, the vision statements are things where we say, we believe the Lord is leading us in this direction. Here's the desired alternative future. Not that ultimate future of being in the the fullness of the kingdom of God and glory in heaven. That's obviously a desired alternative future. But where would the Lord have our church 10 years from now? Where would the Lord have our church 20 or 30 years from now? And so today, we are going to begin a five-week journey of doing a deep dive. I left my mask on. Why on earth did I do that? You guys are far away. Not within six feet. I don't need to do that. We're going to spend the next five weeks looking at each of those statements that we affirmed. And if some of you have joined, frankly, it's been a whole year and a half. Some of you have joined ARCF since then, and this will be totally new material. But we've not stopped and preached on it yet. So the title of our series, oh, more Disney. Did it? Turn off the remote? It's, why is it off? That's so weird. Family road trip. This is what we're doing for the next five weeks. We're going somewhere. It's really exciting. But there are things that are going to be difficult. Are we going to drive or are we going to fly? Rent a plane, rent a car, Uber, Lyft, jogging, bicycle trip. Do we take five or 99? Five is ugly and it has kettlebell. 99 is prettier, but there might be traffic. What do we do, right? We could fly. It costs a little bit more. What are we going to do? And so that's why this series is titled Family Road Trip. And today, the first of our five vision statements, we see God leading us to become a people defined by prayer. A people defined by prayer. Did everybody get uh, sermon notes who wanted them? We're going to hand out bulletins real quick if you did not get them. Does everybody, um, could, could a spunky volunteer please hand those out just to make sure everybody's got The summer notes are going to be really important even if you're not a normal note taker because we have some prayer prompts on the back side for the prayer meeting we're about to have here in just a moment. A people defined by prayer. Now, we're about to do something a little bit fun and interactive because we can't make this too much of listening to Greg, so we're going to do a group discussion. I want you to chat with the people around you and try to think and ask yourself, what does it look like when a group of Christians, when that group is defined by prayer. What does that even look like? I'm gonna give you about a minute and a half. Go ahead and talk with those nearby you.
All right, now that we've engaged your creativity a little bit and maybe even some of your past experiences, let's pull the ultimate trump card on all Bible questions. Are you ready? By opening the Bible. Okay, Acts 4. We don't have time to read the beginning part of the story, but let me just tell you shotgun style. The church is brand new. The Holy Spirit's been given. Jesus is up in heaven now, and the Spirit has filled the church, empowered the church to bring the gospel to anybody who will listen, and the religious elites hate it and bring Peter and John before a religious group and tell them to knock it off. No more preaching in the name of Jesus. So that's what happened, including healing a guy who had not been able to walk for over 40 years in the name and power of Jesus, authenticating their message. And now the religious group is really upset because they can't deny that a miraculous sign happened. Read with me at verse 23. We're gonna start at verse 23 of Acts 4. Speaking of Peter and John, as soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, who you, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached the word of God with boldness. All the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. There was no needy among them because there were no needy among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to the needy and gives an example. Holy Spirit, would you please teach us the word of God today? Give us soft hearts that are ready to receive things, Lord, that maybe we're not ready quite to receive. Change us as individuals, Lord, whether we need to see your face and find you beautiful for the very first time or whether we already love you with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but our obedience needs to be uh, shepherded on its next step, God, to give you all the glory that you deserve. God, we believe your word is active, living, and breathing, and you have a blessing for each of us today, a blessing, God, that rolls past ourselves to honor you and to be a blessing to those around us and our world. So give us that blessing for the sake of your glory, for the blessing of Citrus Heights. We ask this in the strong name of Jesus Christ and God's people said, amen. So some of you don't believe me when I say we're gonna have a short sermon because you see clear as day, I have six points right there. You're like, no, Pastor Greg, lying is a sin. You should knock it off. But here's what the, the, the deal. We have six blanks. I do not have six points a point is like, I'm going to park there for a while. I'm going to illustrate it. No, this is going to be a fine frenzy. Grab your pen, and we're going to fill them in relatively quickly. 
we're going to take a look, and it's always tough with a history, right? Acts is a history. This is not the Apostle Paul telling the early church, this exactly is, is what a people who are defined by prayer, this is what you have to do. It's a history. Or what some would call it's a descriptive text, not a prescriptive. It's describing something that happened. So we need to be careful, and I prayed all week, and, and hopefully you'd pray for me and for us even as we do this, of what are we carefully extracting what are the things we can copy from the early church and what are the things that had a unique time and purpose? So we're gonna hopefully be, I hope that these six things are really genuine and real. I want you to be just like the Bereans of the book of Acts and search the scriptures for yourself. Um, I believe these are all very biblical. So here we go. Number one, here are your blanks, fast and furious. A people defined by prayer pray instinctually. A people defined by prayer pray instinctually. Back to 23. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. Namely, no more preaching in that name, right? When they heard the report, all the believers decided to petition their government to say our freedoms are being oppressed. Right? They wrote a letter to the governor. That's what they did, right? That's what verse 24 says? No? Oh, okay. Well, let me try again. When they heard the report, they grabbed picket signs and they rioted. No? I told you guys, fourth grade was the best three years of my life. I'm not the best reader, and I'm doing my best to read verse 20. Let me... (sighs) When they heard the report, they took to Twitter and said mean things about their leadership. No? Okay. Brothers and sisters, 20 centuries later, it should really mean something to us that our brothers and sisters just default to prayer. That should mean something to us. And I was comfortable sticking it in here because it's not the only time we see it through the early church. And it definitely in no way violates the teachings of Jesus, Paul, Peter, James, whoever wrote Hebrews, that whole debate. If we're gonna be a people defined by prayer, we want to, as individuals and as a family, we want to default that our first action. This by no means says that if your child runs in the street, you're gonna stop and have a prayer meeting before grabbing their arm, okay? There are reasonable things the Lord has put inside our power and inside our responsibility that a a normal, sanctified, reasonable mind would take action. But is prayer our instinct? Do we all know what an instinct is, right? I don't have to think about it. Anybody here ever had a dog that you threw them a nice piece of meat and they had to stop and consider whether it was worth the calories? I don't know. I've got my way in this Saturday. And I'm trying to get a lean figure. No, your dog never did that. Brothers and sisters, do we pray instinctually? Second blank. A people defined by prayer know that God has already spoken. They know he's already spoken. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in him. That should be another point I should have put in there. A people defined by prayer know who they're praying to. Woo! You spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David. You and I, we would, we would be nerdy about this. We would say, well, in the Psalms it says, and that's not wrong, It says it in the Psalms, but they're filled with the Holy Spirit. 
very, very doctrinally accurate. You're the one who spoke, you did it through the Holy Spirit, and you did it through our ancestor David, your servant, saying. And then they quote scripture to God like he doesn't know. Anybody ever wondered about that one? Let me ask you an important question. Is everything that we say to God to inform him so that he's aware? Okay, let's back it up. Is there anything that is ever said to God so that he's aware? So you and I, we've got to take this whole information transfer idea and toss it. You and I have every single human relationship, our teacher in school, our parents growing up, maybe our spouse if we're married, or our children or grandkids, our boss, our coworkers. Every relationship here has always been marked by information transfer because the person who was listening to us is not all-knowing. And we have, a tr- we have a really tough transition then talking to God, and he already knows. So wait, why am I telling him this? Well, he calls himself father over and over in scriptures for a reason. I knew when Gabriel cried that he had hurt himself. The fact that he told me with his words was a cool developmental stage thing that he's got enough words to tell me. I already knew. And I'm still happy to hear from him. Brothers and sisters, these brothers and sisters knew that God had already spoken. They absolutely affirm scripture as it had been given and they knew what God had said and they were able to piece together right away why do the nations rage and they look in front of them and go oh the nations are raging and they're not angry in general they're raging against the anointed one you and I can get upset here 20 centuries later watch a lot of raging that's actually like left versus right or right versus left no 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 that's not what the scriptures say the scriptures say that they're raging against the anointed one and the saints from 2,000 years ago, they saw what was going on around them and they saw the way Jesus was treated and they go, oh, David talked about this by the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, us becoming a people defined by prayer is not going to happen separate from this being open and well-studied. Those are not two separate things. They go together because the Bible is God speaking. So let's, I'm gonna give you an image. This is how the Bible works. Okay? This is how the Bible works. And because I love talking so much, that's why my Bible is often closed. This is how the Bible works. And who's on the other end? Who gets to do the talking? Yeah, this is about lordship. If he is over me, and joyfully so, I'm glad he is over me, I want to hear his voice. I cherish and treasure his voice. There's an entire psalm talking about the voice of God being sweeter than honey from the honeycomb. Brothers and sisters, a people defined by prayer know that God has already spoken. A people defined by prayer are convinced that God is in control. Did you hear that little bomb they dropped in verse 28? No, no, no. Convinced that God is in Nope. Nope, it's later. Oh, I'm a, I'm a page off. There we go. Verse 27. In fact, this happened here in this very city. Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, Gentiles, Jews. Everybody unites against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. 28. But 
This is awesome because they just named like all of the authorities, okay? The president and the United Nations and NATO and Russia and China were all on the same page. Is this a good time to be worried? Say yes. Those groups are never on the same page. They're all on the same page, the Bible says, in their rebellion against the Messiah. I don't like thinking about that, do we? Except the Bible shows it over and over. Verse 28, but... Everything that these powers did that we can easily see on the evening news, that we can taste and touch and we voted for them or voted against them, everything they did was determined beforehand according to what you, God, desire. Do we believe that one? Here's an important question. Will we pray different if we believe that one? Do we pray out of abject terror that God you know, woke up this morning and he turned on CNN and he goes, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen. Are you going to pray differently to a God like that? Because I'm cynical. I would just stop praying. If he didn't see that coming, I'm done. I will go make up a religion. Are you kidding? And it's going to start with chocolate. It's going to be amazing religion. Tons of followers. I'm going to sell a book. It's going to be great. Because if the God who is supposed to have created heaven and earth and washed away my sins, if he didn't see it coming, he's on the same level as me. Brothers and sisters, do we pray different when we believe he's got the whole world in his hand? Like, that's real cute when you're five. But what about when you're 40? What about when you're 70? Do you need to know in your bones that this terrible thing you are feeling, this awful thing you are going through, that God saw it coming, and he has a blessing, he has a plan for you, in you, and through you, because what? He works out all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Is suffering a little bit different when you know he's got a plan? I don't think young people make it through the army boot camp except that they know at the end I'm going to be a soldier. I knew this was going to hurt. I know it's a certain amount of time. At the end, I'm going to be a soldier. And then we approach Christianity like it's a movie theater where we paid for our seat and somebody up front's going to entertain us. We didn't realize we just joined an army. Why did he hand me a rifle at the door? So when the Bible says about itself that it's a sword, that's a weapon. That's an offensive weapon. You walked in and we handed you an offensive weapon. Oh, to hurt other people like my Muslim friends? Nope. No, the Bible also tells us how to wield it and who to wield it against, against every dark thing. The enemy of God and everything that the enemy of God does in the world is what we wield it against. Is God in control? Because this church, this, this first iteration of the church of Jesus Christ, they absolutely believed that God was in control. Yes, we're facing persecution. We are terrified. But this all happened according to your sovereign will. Fourth, a people defined by prayer believe that the spread of the gospel is the mission of Christianity. We're not here to be good. We're not here to vote a certain way. We're not here to be nice to other people. We exist as a spirit-filled, Bible-saturated people to tell a lost and dying world that their God, the God over the universe, has loved them enough to reconcile them back from their rebellion and that that reconciliation comes one way. I trust that Christ's sacrifice on the cross is more than sufficient to wash away my sins, and I embrace that gift wholeheartedly. Amen? 
if you, if you only had one amen for all of this Sunday, and if you were saving that amen, when I preach the gospel is a great time for you to bust out that amen, because this is who we are. This is not just what we believe. This is who we are. The mission of the church is to tell anyone willing to listen, and maybe some who aren't willing to listen, that God is offering reconciliation freely by the blood of Jesus. Well, let me prove it. 29, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. This is really important for our brothers and sisters in the faith that get really excited about miracles. Did you hear how the miracles were a request that flowed out of the gospel going out? You healed this guy who couldn't walk for over 40 years, and now people are believing that Jesus is Messiah because of the healing he received. God, keep doing it, please. The request was boldness to proclaim. Give us the boldness. They don't, they're in prayer, people defined by prayer. Their, their response is not, God, protect us from the bad guys who want to kill us. Would that have been a reasonable request? Sure. This church sees what the real threat is. God, I just heard what the leaders are going to do to us for being Christians, and I can see inside myself, I am an inch from cowardice. God, I've got a wife and kids who live in this city. And if I was already on the, if I was a little bit excited about sharing the gospel, but now I could end up in jail and there's no way for my wife and kids to be provided for, God, you've got to give us boldness. That's the threat. Not my life, not whether I'm incarcerated. This message has to go out. God, I can feel it. If you don't give me the courage, I just don't know where it's going to come from. This mission of Christianity is the gospel going out. A people defined by prayer rely on God to give boldness to preach the gospel. No one else can give that boldness, nobody else will. Anybody here have any major ideology or religion out there is really, really trying to infuse into you as a Christian, trying to get you to be really courageous to share that Jesus is the only way and the only truth and the only life? Any, any other ideology out there trying to get you to do that? If you need boldness and you call yourself a Christian, you need boldness to proclaim, who are you going to go to to get the boldness? Because you and I, we might form a support group and say, well, we're going to encourage each other. These guys already did that. This is a communal prayer. They're already together. And they say, we need the Almighty God to give us as a community and individuals boldness. That's the threat. Not our physical lives, not our well-being. Boldness. A lack of boldness is the threat because the mission of God is the gospel going out. A people defined by prayer engage in spirit-filled ministry. Spirit-filled ministry. I already read the extent of it, but let me just reread verse 31, and then we need to transition to our prayer time. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. For those of you that went to Sac State and you learned how to be smart and redirect, no, 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 it shook. It physically shook. God is showing, yeah, I am here. Yeah, I'm gonna answer your prayer if he can heal a man who couldn't walk, he can shake a building. It's not a big deal. It's quite easy for him. The meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then what? 
He said yes to their prayer request. They preached the word of God with boldness. He said yes, like that. Are you and I always entitled to God saying yes to our prayer requests? Even if he is going to say yes, are we entitled to him saying yes right away? Can he say yes right away if he decides? Yeah, his prerogative, right? His prerogative. That's why I say this is a descriptive text, not a prescriptive. It describes something that happened. God, this time, chose to say yes, and he chose to say yes right away, and shows so with manifest powers and signs and wonders, okay? But here's something that should not change over 20 centuries. This people who is defined by prayer are filled with the Holy Spirit, and their ministry gets the gospel out however it happens, However that happens. God, if you choose to heal so-and-so to get the gospel out, praise your name. If you choose to change this person's heart because they're alone in a hotel room at a Las Vegas convention and they open a Bible that was left in the drawer, praise his name. If he listens to a radio show and the gospel is present and, and, it, and it moves the gospel forward in that person's life and they are saved by Jesus Christ and the kingdom advance, praise his name. However he does it, praise his name. But the things that they do, the ministry that they do, the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit first. Brothers and sisters, you and I are not going to serve apart from the filling of the Holy Spirit and get good results. Just won't. Every member of ARCF has a job. You guys know that? Every member has a job. And next week, we're going to have a ministry fair right after the service, and we're going to help you find your job. Those of you who are already serving faithfully, you already have a job, it's going to be exciting and fun for you too because I'm going to be challenging every one of us to try to understand just the 30-second elevator pitch of every ministry. You might not be involved in Kids Adventure, but if you call ARCF your home, I want you to have a decent idea of where Kids Adventure stands, what kind of people they need right now, so that you are aware when you run into somebody, you're in a cool conversation about them getting connected. I think God wants me to serve kids. And boom, you know exactly what Kids Adventure needs. Amen? Being aware of all of the family is a good and healthy thing to do. And you know what? That also changes the way you pray. Because there's nobody in ARCF that's not a part of Kids Adventure. You either go and teach the gospel yourself or you pray for God to send workers to where the harvest is plentiful. So we're all members of Kids Adventure, right? Okay, now we get to pray. The green microphone is available to elders and their spouses, staff and their spouses. We're going to pray. And I know that it's a little bit different for us. We haven't do this normally but to give some guidelines, if it's helpful to you, the backside of your sermon notes, I've put some dreams on the backside of the sermon notes of maybe, Lord, maybe this is what it would look like for you to lead us to become a people defined by prayer. Just some ideas, some tangible, maybe this is what God would have it look like, perhaps. Um, and, and those of you who are planning on coming up, even if you want to use one of those, and it's on your heart to dial in and pray related to that, uh, please feel free.
Father God, we thank you for this, this time to just to come and, and turn our face towards you and to listen to what you have to give to us. This last year has been a year of tremendous shaking of the world. Things have been revealed that have been hidden. Hearts have been opened to you in many different ways. Father God, I ask that in the coming year, as as we are now are able to start to pretty soon come together in, in a more normal way and not be so isolated, that you give us boldness to go out into our community. Let us be effective in Citrus Heights. Give us wisdom, those areas that we can serve, we can reach out and touch hearts. This last year, many people have been isolated and they've had to come to terms with the fact that they don't know where to turn to. You have the answers, Lord. You've told us that knowledge of God is the beginning of wisdom, but it's through obedience that we come to really understand who you are, how you work, how you touch our hearts, how you change us, how you mold us into who you want us to become. Give us boldness, Lord, with our friends, with our neighbors, and the ministries that we serve. Let this little church in this little corner of the world truly be a powerful force in our community. We pray that, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. says of my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. Father, you say that you will hear our cries and you will heal our land. Father, the fact is we've had more control over what has happened this year than we have allowed ourselves to, to believe. For Lord, we act as though we have no control over what's happening in our world, but the fact is you say, if my people, not if the government, not if the world, not if others, if my people. And Lord, the problem that we've had in this country and around the world probably has a lot to do with the fact that there's things in our hearts that we've allowed to creep in, whether it's a spirit of fear, a spirit of grumbling and complaining, a spirit of a lack of trust in you. Father, I pray that 2021 will be a year of overcoming of all of these things and that instead we will be filled with your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that 
your Holy Spirit will push out all the things in our lives that dishonor and displease you. Father, I pray that Antelope Road Christian Fellowship will be a light that is set upon a hill. Lord, your word says, if the salt has lost, lost its savor, what good is it to be, but to be thrown down and trampled under the foot of men? Father, forgive us for losing or allowing our savor to be lost. Lord, I pray that we will not be only good enough to be thrown down so that we can melt snow for people to walk on. But instead, Father, I pray that you will renew the salt and the savor of ARCF in our community, in our work, in our families. And I ask, Father, for a blessing upon this church that we may bless others, not for our own selfish greed, not for our own pleasure, but, Father, that we could turn around and bless those around us, bless those whose lives you brought us in contact with. Thank you, Father. For it is in Jesus' name we ask these things. individually as we turn to the power of your spirit to guide and influence our lives to restore order to our government because you will select this government regardless of who it is for your purpose may we be faithful to you Lord because of the selections that you make and the way that you run your universe and sometimes that causes chaos in us but as we turn to you we will have your order we ask for your wisdom because you've told us if we don't have wisdom it's because we haven't turned to you for it. So may we stay focused, Lord. Love the Lord with all our heart, mind, soul. May we love others as ourselves and fulfill the greatest commandments by staying focused on you and the things that we have to do in our lives to bring glory to you. In your son's name.
God, I ask for a particular blessing on our groups that start this week. Oh, Lord, would you teach us how to pray? God, would you allow every brother or sister in this church family to have a place every week where they could share in authenticity? That they'd have brothers and sisters that in a non-judgmental way would listen deeply jump in to try to fix but would agree together immediately to call on the most high God please do this for every saint at ARCF that pastoral care would be at the highest possible level that everyone would be cared for everyone would be prayed for and everyone would be known ask this in Jesus name God, I thank you for your encouragement to each one of us this morning. And I thank you, Lord, for, as I was praying, you reminded me of the situation where you were speaking to Moses, and he was apprehensive to step into a place of boldness that you were calling him to, um, to go and speak before kings in the nation of Egypt. And I'm reading from Exodus 4, verse 1. But Moses protested again. What if they don't, won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say, the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, what is in your hand? And we all know that Moses had in his hand a shepherd's staff, something simple. God, thank you that for each one of us in ARC, if you've given something to us, what is in our hand? What is in our hearts? You've placed something in, inside of us, Lord. And as Pastor Greg was encouraging us, each each one of us has a role to play. Um, and God, I, I ask, Lord, that you would reveal to each one of us what it is that you have already put in our hearts, in our hands, that you've already, um, our Holy Spirit, that you have already been speaking to each one of us about even before this morning that this morning is just a confirmation of what the Holy Spirit has already started prompting you in your heart somebody that you're caring about a people group that stands out to you um, when you think about them, when you hear about them in the news, a tugging at your heart, that's the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit we thank you for your for your commitment and Thank you, Lord, that you commit <clears throat> to work through and with us and that we humble ourselves to, to be your hands and feet here, Father. We praise you, Father, for, for the opportunities that we see, that we have a role to play in that, to see your hand at work. We praise you, as your early disciples did, as the apostles did, that they were counted worthy um, to suffer with you, to suffer on behalf of you, but also to see your hand at work, Lord. And we look forward, Lord, to see what you're going to be doing in and through us. Amen. One last thing before we dismiss. Um, sometimes, actually often, when we share an announcement and do sign-ups for an event, 
we oftentimes try to give enough lead that you've got weeks and weeks to think about it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this is not one of those because I was a goober and I forgot to announce this last week. So what I'm about to announce, I need you to go back to the sign-up table and consider filling your name into a spot today because I need to talk to Irene tomorrow from Holy Family. She's on the board of HEART, Homeless Assistance Resource Team, and she is organizing our this year's version of Winter Sanctuary. This year's version, because of COVID, is a daytime ministry. It's going to be from 8 a.m. till noon, where we serve uh, a nice hot breakfast to guests in our city that are experiencing homelessness and um, offer services. There will be a mental health professional and a medical professional on site the whole time. We're serving Monday through Friday, January 18 through 22. So it's just right upon us. And I need to get whatever this, the sign-up le- uh, lists look like at the end of today, I need to get that to Irene. And she's going to post some of the spots that are empty on Hands Up Sacramento. So we're going to be serving right alongside people in the, vol- in the city that just wanted to volunteer and help. It's going to be really cool. Um, one group has already reached out that wants to handle uh, a, a bag lunch. We're giving a, bag lunch, a sack lunch at the end of the time uh, before guests leave. So... The main thing that's going on as it relates to labor intensive is that we're going to be in the kitchen cooking a nice hot breakfast and and we'll have more numbers by then. But we think 20, maybe 25 guests plus volunteers that need to eat. Um, I signed myself up for one and I broke it into it says head chef just so you sound really fancy. But if you have the meal idea and you know the basics of how to do it, please put your name in there as head chef. Everyone else that says helper. All you have to be willing to do is show up and do whatever the head chef says. So if you've got a certain type of eggs and sausage you want to make, fine. If you've got, if you'll come with an idea and you're willing to boss people around, like this is your chance. Some of you just had a hallelujah moment. Like I'm being invited to boss people around. So anyway, please uh, take a look at that and, and sign up where you are able, if you're able to serve. Again, the main thing we're doing is a hot breakfast Monday through Friday for 20 to 25 people right here out of the Connection Center. If you got any questions, come to me. I love you guys. Have a blessed week.